What's up, everyone? Welcome to BJJ and Brews. I'm your co-host, Noah John. Today is episode 33 of the podcast, and Chris and I have a conversation before class on a Monday. Uh, that's about it. We cover a lot of funny stuff. It's a good conversation. I always say that, but I always think it's a good conversation. So I'll just leave it at that. Like, subscribe, share. We got some exciting stuff coming. We talk about a little bit at the very end. So if you stay tuned, you're going to hear a few things about what's happening and some of the cool changes. Uh, this week, there are no sponsors. If you are interested in sponsoring, especially if you're a brewery and that kind of thing, hit us up, bjjmbrews at gmail.com. But besides that, let's get to the podcast. Crazy. Yeah, so yeah. Chris has assumed the position. Yeah, this is my... You are supine. My, yeah, definitely. The... um. This is my comic reading position, so I'll probably get... I normally get comic wrist, but I'll, this is probably going to be mic wrist. Do you fall asleep when you read comic books? Yeah, there have been times, and it's like, I'll read the... Your wife will see you like... No, you're I'll, like wait, a grandpa I'll wake myself there. up because I buy like a damn like hardcover that's like three trades in one, and as I like get tired, it just like hits me in the face. So like that's when I'll... Uh, and I'll wake up and I'll, you know. So <laughs> I buy... You know, thank God I don't do this with like the omnibuses. That are oh, like 50 yeah. issues because I, I would need like a wizard stand to like s to set that on, right? I would I need look like a pentacle or like those preacher. big um, like a lectern. When's the last time you went to a library? Like you know how they how they used to put a like newspapers? a dictionary. Like they used to put newspapers like through a big wooden like it was like a huge wooden rod that had a slit in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah, so then it's like a piperus almost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I need one of those. So Chris, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Um, this is my first day. I've been, I haven't grappled since last Tuesday. Very bad. Oh my god! I feel so sick. how? So so let me ask you this: your 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 wife Stacy and yourself uh, were both uh, pretty mindful around the pandemic. Now that the gym's open, how was the conversation between you and her to get back to training? Um. So that's. I think she kind of had it in her head that during the time of, you know, sort of like dictated quarantine that I would do that, you know, but now because it's not quote like breaking the law or because it would have been quote breaking the law if I had been doing it then. Right. But now that we're past that point, I think she sort of knows that for the most part, and well, not for the most, for the some part, <laughs> you and I have had conversations about this. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether or not I choose to do it out of respect to her is that's dependent case by case. Um, and I think she sort of knew that when we got the all clear from the government that like, I'm, I'm back to doing jujitsu. Well, she so. definitely see, like you said that, uh, the minute it became quote legal, they opened up gyms yeah she was all she, she was, was she was no problem okay very cool so like that's you know and and my my whole thing about like i don't think for her for example the fear was ever of either of us or connor getting covid it, it was, was more it was like, more like i don't want you to get fined 500 bucks and be called a criminal or something you know like gotcha. some sort of weird like you know civil thing um if anything she was fearful that if either of us got COVID because of hell, like I said, we've, we'd been seeing customers or I'd been seeing some customers, you know, in, in an offhand kind of way, like they mm -hmm. weren't allowed in, but like the fact that I'm in an office with nine other people, like the, the chances are already higher by definition. 
because I don't know whether they're social distancing or not. Regardless. Oh yeah, well that's 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 the thing. I think with anything with this whole thing, it's kind of a, been a question of uh, who you really you're familiar trust. with a certain circle of people, and then maybe there's a comfort level there. Yeah. But then as you start going into quote more and more public spaces, like you go to a supermarket, yeah, you I have mean, no idea where anybody's been. You can you can spread this card down all you want. Adhering to yeah, like how often they wash their hands, all that stuff. How did it feel? How how did it feel grappling from a, from a physical point of view? How's your gas tank? Um, pretty okay. I didn't. I mean, like when I grappled, uh, I I grappled Tuesday morning. You barely get above thirty percent anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, like, maybe I was at thirty five. Who knows? Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like I gassed out. Just I think the me staying constantly busy, just physically, whether I was doing jujitsu or muay thai with my push-ups or just the weightlifting I've been doing has been keeping my my level of fitness fairly like, What about your mind when it came to it? Did you feel out of sorts at the beginning? Like, what is this? Like, what what, what grips do I grab? Like, did you feel No, like, that's... T- I think when you've been doing it for this long, like, I'm not going to get any better at jiu-jitsu, man. Like, I'm... Oh, come on. Yes, I'm, you I will. am what I am. No, like, you're going to get and better And so, like, I just sort of reverted back to... I can tell you, I definitely reverted back to what... I do versus the, the stuff that I've been working on in class. You know, like that's, if that's any indication, it's sort of like the whole, like when you watch an MMA fight and you know, the guy's like doing well or whatever it is, he's like some wrestler, but he's like, you know, start training with like bang or like, you know, Trevor Whitman or something. And he gets clocked and he reverts back to like, I'm a D one wrestler. <laughs> I think like that's sort of like, I'm, I'm, I'm by no means a D one wrestler, but I revert you back revert to, to your, to like, <laughs> your bread turtle on the back guard your bread and yeah my, right my my baby diaper guard fair enough um so that that's where i've been jujitsu wise but it's felt good like i rolled with brian mckenzie tuesday morning and um jamal and stuff and like i you know i played around with a couple different grips but beyond that like i, I definitely was back to where i was until i can kind of get back into class and get back into the swing of things like today to see what we're really working on in class so i can we're like working on the to, wing sweep i saw that machado baby I saw that. It's a, um, it's like a sumigaishi, but across the hip, sort of, right? Like, what is, what is this new terminology? When does Paul start using that? Like, what, when do we actually start naming things? Uh, well, maybe it's a, it's a new leaf, man. New I year, so. new leaf, yeah, and yeah, we'll, so we'll we'll see. new vibe, new energy. How dare we try to communicate <laughs> ideas via properly <laughs> and coded. And specific terms. Yeah, specific like, thing. that's, well, Specificity, that. what? <laughs> um, uh, passing on information effectively? <laughs> um, so then a wing sweep I see into a into paper cutter choke I think it is you I can do a paper cutter uh, you could also go to an arm bar like you, you can end yeah. up an S mount go to an arm bar I'm, I'm curious to learn that because I think that's a that's a fairly new one to me like just in general I think it's, I mean it, it it seems super powerful and and he's teaching a system around it where how about that whoa yeah. so you do this and if they you know if they back up then they're giving you the back uh, All right, you can also cool. do an arm drag you can also do yeah, yeah, yeah. It. So it's interesting. It, it's interesting to see. Because you're so far off the center line. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. And, and the other big thing is the, um, it seems like cross grips are pretty powerful. Yes. I, I, it's, it's, so it's very, it's, it's, I'm starting to see that now where there are a lot of really cool things people do with cross grips. And when people tie me up in cross grips, it's kind of frustrating to break. It's super frustrating, right? Because you're, because if I just tug, they just go with it. You know what I mean? There's it, exactly, it, but their balance isn't disrupted. Yeah, yeah. Like so, and that's a uh, <laughs> that the the Galvao like um, 
the fucking like uh uh not scissor sweep what is that god damn i've been out so long i don't even know names anymore the the one that we you the hit I, bump the hit bump yeah they got yeah hit i hit it four times last tuesday oh uh, one against brian mckenzie <laughs> He's he outweighs me by hundred pounds. Not not joking. He's 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 grappling Jiu-jitsu. me. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. <laughs> so like I maybe he'll be that with. Uh, I don't know if it was that precise sweep, but I I just know the glee in your eye when you went with Xander and you had him in close guard and you did like twice. You swept him with like. Oh, that was that's actually my lazy man sweep. The lazy, but still, that's it was my like close guard. Oh yeah, he, I mean, and that guy's like, got forty jiu-jitsu. pounds on me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at these, these youthful, more athletic, Take stronger, bigger guy. Uh, jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> that didn't last long with him. Um, that's awesome. But, so yeah, man, that's, uh, that's, that's where I'm at jiu-jitsu-wise. So, wise. I wanted to, t- we talked about this, and I brought the guy up so I could pronounce his name uh, uh, correctly. By the way, I just got a text from Dennis Gonzalez saying, I need a pick of the schedule, I can't see it. So this is Does Noah, not? Noah HR to the rescue. Noah customer service. <laughs> no customer. Not even HR. This is a this is a so CSR let me text level. Him this real quick. I have it like literally on my phone. It's the second photo like in my in my reel. Why can't he just click it and like it I, opens I up as a PDF? I don't know, man. I don't know why people don't see it cuz I see it on the website and I saw the post on That's a, when I clicked on the website, it just downloaded automatically to my download folder yeah, on my I, phone. I don't know, man. It, like, maybe 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 on my iPhone it works and anyway, I have an Android. I, I, well, okay. I sent it to him. Okay. Well, so we're done. So good. this is, uh, I sent you a video. This is a video by a black belt based in British, Con- uh, British he, Columbia. He is the, from the Robert Naki black belt, by the way. Huh? He is the Robert Naki guy I was talking okay, about. Okay, it is yeah, Robert Naki. Yeah. yeah. His name is Rory Van Vliet. Yeah, RVV. Yeah, right. So like, just RVV BJJ. If you want to find him on Instagram, he has a YouTube channel that's really cool. He, he rose to fame. When I say fame, fame in the inter- in the BJJ community, for, <laughs> yeah, like you know, that was his his little moment when he did the uh, breakdown of Gordon Ryan's float passing before prior, the system, prior to enter this uh, attacking systematically the attacking the guard. Yeah, so before Gordon actually released an instructional where he talked about float passing, this guy actually did a breakdown, which he he even said it was supposed to be a couple parts, and it became more than a 10 whole series. Parts. Like, yeah, it was. And people have identified this guy's very analytical, very scientific. He sounds like an academic professor talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. jujitsu. And I don't know how very Denher esque. Yeah, I, no, I've never. I don't know how you know how good he is in terms of comp- as a competitive roller, but his concepts I think are really cool, and, yeah. and I like what he talks about. And he posted a video recently talking about choosing a guard. And does, is it choosing a guard or does, do you choose the guard or does the guard kind of choose you though? Right? Like oh, now we're already doing, now we're already <laughs> because water finds the easiest way. Right? Like, so, <laughs> well, I saw it as this sort of, I immediately thought of video game analogies where it's like, okay. I'm, this is my role play. This is my character. I've yeah, got, I've got allocate I've leveled points, up. man. I've got to allocate my points. You just leveled up. You got four. What do you do? I, do I go into half guard defense? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like two points into half guard defense or two guards into spider guard or two points into close guard or two points. And on a side note, he, be- he, he believes that, uh, you shouldn't, you should, uh, prohibit close guard from the white belt curriculum. Wow. You know, what's funny because you it causes a that? stalling to, well, is that is that a Rob Thor? Is that a that's a Matt Thornton Matt thing, Thornton. baby? <laughs> Shouldn't learn close guard until you're like a couple stripe white belt. 
Anyway, <laughs> the idea behind choosing your own guard was purposefully like look at look at yourself, look at your attributes, look at what you like, and focus on a guard because that's going to allow you to perform better in roles, and it's going to allow you to not be thinking about a situation and assessing and deciding, but in ta- in but in fact attacking what you plan to do. Now, obviously, this makes more sense in the context of a competition where. You don't really have time to diagnose. I mean, you do to a degree, but in in theory, ideally, you are doing what you want to do, and it's move to move to move. You're to playing move. your game, correct? Yes. So, I said it's kind of reasonable. Now, there's this conflict of saying I might be interested in doing the X, but my body type and structure and skill level might be more suited to learn Y. You know, and. I was just sitting there thinking like, well, what guard should I play and what should I commit to? But a big part of that too, right? Like is like body, body dimensions and, and whatnot are only one factor. The other big factor is personality, right? Oh, absolutely. So like you, you can't play a lazy like butterfly guard, Right. That's why I don't play butterfly guard. I mean, lazy. I play butterfly half, but like, you, because I'm super lazy, right? Because it just gets passed. So like, Marcelo Garcia has an incredibly attacking butterfly guard style, right? Because that's not it. That's what it lends itself to, and is obviously his personality dictates. But the that thing he, is that the thing that he brought up, he defined guard. At, he said guard is a range management tool. That's what he called Say it. Say that again? A range management tool. Okay. That's, that's an interesting way of looking at and it. And he did talk about, which I agree with this, of, he said, let's just go over some basic guards. I, there are more here, but just some, some, some basic ones. And I think, he, I think he said basically it was like something like Spider, Delaheva, or maybe Deli. I forget which. Is it basically but, as he gets but closer? Order, yeah, as like you get which closer. Guards are which guards which, you know, and, and then you get, to ha- you, know, you get to close guard, half guard, deep half. Those are being the closest, right? Is there a hierarchy involved there? Well, here's here's my point. Is truly a good guard the ability to transition, like to use are, the right guard at the right moment? Yeah, in the sense that, are there many people in the world that are going to say, "I want to play deep half" when I'm sacrificing these other layers of guard? But like if, if I could keep someone farther away, half, but that's just it, though, right? Like, it's sort of like the idea of people always said said like you know, the best anti-jujitsu guy or anti-grappler guy was like Chuck Liddell. He was very good at like sprawl and brawl because he knew how to wrestle, right? So like, isn't that in essence, you have to know how to, like if you want to be that deep half guard guy, you have to at least be familiar and proficient enough in those other guards to be able to get to deep half guard. Well, Rory RVV does mention that. I think his thesis is coming at it from the idea of development, which is if you want to develop the quickest, focus on one thing, learn those other guards as auxiliaries, and then as you progress, then you'll start filling in more and more uh, guards as needed sure. to funnel to that primary one. But you have to but, choose something but first. But what he's saying is to develop faster, he's saying it's better to choose one and focus on that instead of just kind of rotating through a bunch of different things as you learn them. That's what I think his thesis is that if you took two people and one focused on one guard and another did a whole myriad of guards in two years or three years, 
the single-minded person will have it gotten of farther. Of course. I mean, isn't that like, that's just like Henry Ford, right? Like specialization. I, yeah. But his point is that the person will still be well-rounded at the end of those three years. Because you're so good at trot, but because you're training with a purpose in mind. Yes. And, but it's also the other guards are support to your primary guard as opposed to, I don't have a primary guard. I'm playing them all as primaries without much reason. You know what I mean? So That's kind of the, I didn't listen to it enough. I, I, I'm reminded I was like in the middle of doing other things while listening to it. What was his, um, how does one select the guard then well, that you that choose? That to me is the, like, I'm wondering, should the coach just tell you? No, because the coach isn't the athlete. Well, I know that, but it, it, from a development point of view, and uh, this is what I brought up with you, and I w- we wanted to talk about this on the podcast, which is like, from a, would it actually help a curriculum if the, if the... Just like a tutorial is in place now for modern gaming. Yeah. Right? Where they tell you what to do the first few steps before you... But that's before just they release the mechanics. The, before they release... Yeah, but w- the mechanics of guard. What's guard? But the but, but but okay. So like I what what is your definition of guard right now? Being a three year. What's my definition of a guard? Of a guard. It's 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 what you're gonna do when you're on the ground, when you're on your back. Okay. Or on your butt, depending. If and then RVBs was a distance management tool. Yes. Of of being on your back, I'd imagine. Like we have to take it one step further, right? Because distance management. Me, me I'm I'm. Well, because he brought up boxing, you know, you can use the jab as a di- as a as a uh, distance management tool. But that's not a guard. No, it's not a guard. So, like in the context of purely jujitsu, mm-hmm. his is a it's a distance management tool. I think we all, yeah, I think we're under the assumption, like we, when we're talking about guard, we're talking about that set of techniques from these guards that we call guards, with yeah. spider. So lasso. my my definition is a little bit more broad than his, but more specific than yours. It's when you're on the ground supine almost and my and your feet are between you and your opponent's leg or head excuse me between your head and your opponent and their entire body okay that's that's my definition of guard i guess d-pass satisfies that it absolutely does right it's anytime my legs are in between your entire body and my head. Because if you've passed guard, what is what is passing guard yeah, by definition? You get by the legs. It's getting by the leg, getting yeah, by the hips, true. locking down the upper body, right? Controlling your your upper body and their body. So as a so that to to sit there and say the coach first off, how is a coach in in this day and age, it's not the days of, you know, Hells and Gracie saying like the only true jujitsu is when it's a private lesson or the fuck it is. Right. (laughs) Like how do you go in a class of 30 people going around and teaching that person's guard as to, to every single person? No, I, I, my, my thought process is my, my, my hypothesis. I'm glad you're using I'm glad you're not using theory. Your hypothesis, my hypothesis, your educated guess. Would it, would it be better for, the second half of a fundamentals curriculum. So for the final six months of a white belt's development that you obligate that, that student to learn half guard with an underhook series. 
so that when when confronted with whether any situation, or not they want to or not correct whether or not it's, it's good for their body Absolutely. type because my thought is if you if you instead of just because right now just so there's some context for the people that don't train at our gym right now in the fundamental curriculum we don't learn a guard we learn sweeps from close guard we learn a few sweeps from half guard and that's it but we don't learn a system in guard and i know that systems might be considered a more advanced concept but my thought process is again as a hypothesis hypothesis <laughs> that's is that fair to say because a white belt is so lost they're incapable of so my 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 what i'm what i'm also hypothesizing is that i believe that white belts are so lost not in and of it but just via ignorance lack of experience that telling them a few more steps and mandating that they that take those few more steps before we say now discover your jujitsu right because that's the beauty of it. that that to me is what people find i think romantic about it. even though i might i might think from a sports performance point of view it might not be the best way to, no, to develop jujitsu yeah, like- but from an art from a find your way find your path find your what you like which people like it's romantic you know and i, I think it's beautiful but they do but the, and that's just it right like we had talk, we had kind of talked about that a couple months ago when the bjj flowcharts thing came out correct right like and it, granted it's a tool i think yes. it's a very effective tool to sit there for, like me and you i think say, it's a really good it's a really good concept to show people so they can think about possibly organizing thoughts in their exactly, mind that way. Right? But just looking at that's going to do nothing. But if, if you and I are training, well, let's say we, the academy's not open, COVID-19 takes over the fucking year, right? And the gyms are just not going to be open. And you're like, Chris, let's go roll, right? And we're like, let's fork on something right now. And having something like, which I think the BJJ blueprint, the, or whatever. Flowcharts. Uh, what is it called? Flowcharts thing very very well organized in terms of like concepts ideas and like where you can go from here we can just look at that and say like man let's just focus on this part right now like that's and then everything else is sort of because you said it yourself too like jujitsu in the teaching is beautiful but in the practice is sort of like ugly right like the ugly stuff just sort of works itself out if you and i have an end in mind well the ugly stuff i think comes from experience is that in you know, I think that's where an experienced practitioner, an experienced half guard player will feel how the opponent's weight is distributed yeah, and know yeah. that, yeah, the person's resisting, so I can't do my first sweep, but I can do this other sweep. And it still might not be, I mean, as, as the better he gets, and like, you, I, I, I've experienced this, and if I've experienced it, I know you've experienced it where. I've timed a sweep and it feels almost effortless. Effortless, yes. But that's because I nailed the timing and the person's center of gravity, weight distribution, all that was ideal for, and it, and it was almost always set up by something where I, Kazushi, they, I, I pulled and then he pulled back or I pushed and he pulled, that sort of thing. And then for that split second, that little window where he was ideally situated to be swept yeah. i was able to the apply right. the sweep and and get it and it's like wow magic jujitsu you know right right so 
going back to my deal with white belts is instead of just showing them a few sweeps here and there, actually tell them if you're on bottom, come to this position, understand these are the frames you're looking for and teach a little more in depth around that so that when thrown into any situation, even though what that might result in is everyone pulling half guard, which would look kind of weird, you know, at that level, but realistically not everybody's going to be at that same level, but in theory, if you're starting 12 people at the same time, that means by week, let's say month nine, when they're towards the end of, of being a white belt, they're all basically pulling half guard if they're on bottom. That at least gives them a shield. It's like, it's like you've given them a, sh they, they've trained yeah. shields to, you know, to level one and they have a little shield a that actually shield. works. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And then they can decide if they want to go down chain mail or if they want to get plate mail or if they want to go leather. You know what I mean? Like, so that's an interesting thing, right? Because. Plus, I think half guard is something that is probably more likely to be useful for people of all body types. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like, what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a definitely a, a good... And a lot of people position. like to pass from it, so actually having some knowledge about it will probably help you because right now a lot of people like to pass from half. Because it's a... It's one of the... It's the dichotomy, right? Oh, the, yeah. The paradox that, of half guard. Dude, I, I watched that whole half guard uh, instructional by Danaher. The, he the, talks about the paradox... The bottom or the top? The bottom. The, half guard bottom. The top just came out. Yeah, the top just came out, but I'm sure it's going to be this easy. It'll just be he that spends like a third reverse, of the right? time talking about the paradox. Like I often encourage my athletes to go to half guard on defense, and I often encourage my athletes to, to go also go to half offense, guard right? to pass. Why is how is this possible, dude? He brings this up at the start of every like chapter. <laughs> but what is what is also the key to pinning the shoulders? <laughs> if you pin the shoulders, what's the key to a student remembering something is repetition, right? So, this is like, true. They, I mean, like that's this a big is part true. Of why but it's because he's preaching to. I mean, think about his his audience is like two different things, right? Like because he's he has such a unique approach to like teaching and conveying information. His, I'm not saying he's. I'm trying not to speak for the entire population of jujitsu, but like not many people have thought about it the way he has to be able to teach it the way. Well, he now does. the big, that, now the big claim that's circulating on the internet is that the Denher death squad guys are dilemma based jujitsu players. And not many people think about jujitsu in terms of dilemmas. And that's why those you, guys do well. So that's interesting because We've actually talked about dilemmas because who's one of the biggest dilemma players here? Nick uh, Fall. Right? Like you all you do is create problems. Oh, that's true, yeah. Right? Like that's his his approach to jujitsu is as by definition a, like a dilemma. It's an either or thing. Yeah, you got two choices. You need to do this or that. Which which door are you gonna go through? Yeah. Right? But either way, so I I, I I'm hundred percent for your idea of like working a system. Like because like the introductory system. Right, and then, like, then you could fill in the gaps. Like, I mean, because these well, are your big positions from here, right? Because I'm not. Whether you teach systems overall, that's a separate topic. I think we're both in agreement that teaching systems is better. It's efficient. It, yeah, because efficient. you need to understand, like, the you need you, learning a sweep from a guard only is useful if you already have that if you already have that system in your head it's also and this could be an useful addition. in the context of that exact moment correct whereas you need to have a context of what are the what's what are the main 
orientations for this position Ooh, you mean and what are the main action what are the main reactions perhaps you're talking about posture pressure <laughs> and possibilities noah <laughs> you like that you like that <laughs> what is the proper posture of each position what pressure does each of those postures create whether it's a, de- a defensive or offensive po- uh pressure and what possibilities well are you'd be you'd be each. happy to hear that rvv also has a lo- big video about posture being Ooh. critically important Crit- because, critically well because because posture gives strength to frames if you have good yeah, posture really. then whether that frame it could be your entire spine you know what i mean so sure. um or just your elbow being in the right position correct right? like that's so like, um it's i guess the overall like if, if if for those listening it's like the past 10 minutes or so that we've been talking about this it's kind of this um okay just to interrupt why is your phone oh it was it was like doing a blue like because a blue outline thing because it's the cool flagship G- lg g oh, i'm sorry X, i didn't know i didn't know that was just a cool screensaver for your phone no it's anytime it's it looks cool as shit right yeah i was just wondering why it's just a notification oh okay yeah Looks cool as fuck, though, right? You don't see other phones doing that. <laughs> right? LG, man. People need to give it its due. All right. Fair enough. Um, but my point is, over the like these past 10 minutes, we've been LG. talking about... like It's a combination of being analytical about jiu-jitsu and also okay. how does one accelerate their growth. And if mandating a little more at the beginning, is that a positive thing? for the development of a white belt. Absolutely. I'm not saying that to a brown belt because I guess, okay, let me, let me ask a different question to you, Chris, because you're the one that's been through this journey uh, and still on it, obviously, but you're way farther along than I am. I mean, like... At what point... Hours-wise, bro, at you, what, you're here at like what 19 point, hours At what point should the, quote, cuffs come off and, and a student should be allowed to explore? That's an interesting thing, right? Because I, I feel as though there, there are, and this is, it's, it's different for everybody's journey too. Like we've discussed this plenty of times. Everybody's goal is different. Everybody's why they train is different, whatever it is. Right. Like, and you know, I've said it a handful of times, like when I'm interested in something, I, I make a conscious effort to go like learn everything I can about it, even outside of the gym, even outside of the influence of Paul and whatever it is, right? Because like I want to become as much of an expert in that as possible. Does every student do that? No. Right? Some people they just want to come, they want to train, they want to do no, no, no. Yeah. So they absolutely. have to be told what to do. Right, because not everybody wants to understand. Not everybody wants to. Some some people just want the what and the how, not the why. Right. Um, so you're saying, are you are you implying that there's that at a very like course level, we could say there should be two types of curriculums. No, the curriculum I just think for the more that is self motivated and and will explore on their own because they have an genuine interest. And then think think of it as think about college, university. There is a debate. There's always been a debate, in my opinion. The a debate, not a debate. You can always find a conversation about curriculum in a university, and people arguing about how structured it should be. And people will point to the student that was kind of forced to be there, that is just going to take the classes that are mandatory, and right, right, right. and and you know, 
do the bare minimum and and do what needs to be but done. But at some to pass. point, they'll find the thing that they like. Potentially, isn't yes. that the idea of university yes. in general is to bring versus, together different versus and and you have to give them exams or else they won't study and this kind of thing. Whereas, the, quote the good student, a lot some professors are like, well, I would like to just let them explore on their own. They don't need to be tested. They they are doing what needs to be done because they're exploring. There's I know a guy who opened a a uh, this is not a college but a school a private school in France of the belief that there is no it's like a Montessori college there's no curriculum there's no testing students choose what they want to study and, and it works become really fucking good at it and it, right? and it works and it works be, he, it, for him it works beautifully but now does it, is he does, is he dealing with the general population no he's dealing with people that want that so they're more yeah, likely to adhere to sort it sort of like a self but my point with this roundabout way is uh I was trying to think of the guy's name. I can't think of it, unfortunately, because I wanted to give him a shout out. But the roundabout way to all this is, is there, is there a world where the best way to teach jiu-jitsu is you have the jiu-jitsu for the hardcores that like to it, that want to explore it, the artists, all that stuff. Let them explore, let them delve, give them the resources, and then have a more stricter, have a more strict curriculum for Teach the, the casuals that will still get them to develop uh, farther than if they were had to be quote exploring because they don't have the self motivation to do it. And that so, I think it's possible to do both though. I don't think it's like I don't think it's an either or. Okay, I think I think you can teach a very strict curriculum. With like the way kind of Danaher says about like I'm I'm like a I'm a conservative about like certain techniques and whatever it is and I'm you know a liberal when it comes to your rigidly strict is the word yeah, I would yeah. use for yeah. whatever he describes whatever sure. the terminology he uses. It's possible to do both, right? Because like when you are rigidly strict about certain things, you should and should not do. Because like what is it? Like you can't think outside the box without knowing what the box is first. Or like, isn't that the whole thing? Like, in terms of like creativity, like you have to know what the boundaries are. Yeah, bef- you know, you can't shoot pool without rails, right? Like, that's the whole thing. And like, if a student doesn't even know what a half guard is, then he has no idea what the possibilities are, right? He has, so he has to know like what a half guard is, what the fundamental structure of each posture within half guard to be able to recognize the openings. That's sort of like how we've talked about with a student of you know we're doing like some sort of like leg lock. And they're like, well, I would, well, why can't I do this? I'm like, well, because then I would just do this and this is completely exposed, right? Like they don't even understand that that, like where the vulnerabilities of each position are. Well, that are. to me is, that, that's something I experience a lot as I, I still experience it, but I experience way more as a white belt where all the action reaction that I learned was from a proper practitioner, whereas I was rolling with other white belts and they would do a non-technical counter to the technique. It would work. And I would ask Paul, and the answer was always like, oh, I would just take their back then. Right. You know, and it never occurred to me because I didn't have the knowledge to see like... Exactly. So that's just like, it though, right? Now, I think I have a little more... I have more of a capacity to recognize like, oh, if someone... Regardless of the context, if someone ends up in this position, you can just take their back. Exactly. Right? If anyone's in this position, oh, you just fucking sweep them over. You yeah, know like I mean? a simple example, right? Like we, we always tell... We, a really super example, right? Like close guard um, rules number one. Like, you're in somebody's closed guard. We say, like, hey, don't cross the center line because it's back exposure, your arm's exposed, right? Like, now, like, 
once they understand that concept of like back exposure and submission attempts, they don't do it anymore, right? Like that's possible to be taught across the board for all positions. Do you think we should spend more time teaching those kind of heuristic rules instead of, so I'll, I'll use the example of underhooks. I've never been taught explicitly you pass to the other side of the underhook. I've been shown passes that all apply that that principle. But but that's just it though, right? Like so So I over time I was like, all I really need to quote remember is if I'm rolling I'd, and I get an underhook, I can pass to the other side if I can yeah. manage to do that. And you that's know? in and I don't know where So should we be teaching that should we be putting more of an emphasis on that in a class to say, guys, at a high level, before we show these passes, if you get an underhook Let's, we'll talk about half guard passing. Yeah, half guard you, know. you get an underhook on a side, that means you can pass on the other side if you can manage to do what you need to do to get yes, your legs in the, on the other side. We don't do that, though. But, but, should I, but we? I, but we should. Like, okay. So you, th- you agree with me. We should yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Like, but we should, right? Like just as, hey, man, if this, like, I used to do this drill when I was, like, a pro belt for teaching goofy white belts and stuff right like i would say i would do this drill you sit in my clothes guard right if i sit in your clothes you guard. sit in my clothes guard okay right and then you take you you put your hand in one of three positions either across my center line towards my far shoulder up to my uh, like uh, collarbone up, up to my collarbone on the same side so reaching up further mm-hmm. or hands on the mat and i'd say what man i drilled like a bunch of white belts a handful of times like, if it crosses my center line, you fucking fire that armbar up. If it brings up this way, you stuff the other arm, you, sh- you fire up a triangle. Hits the mat, you hit bump, or you kimura. And that is so ingrained. Just like we do position one, two, and three, right? Like, fundamentally, it's what? Position one, two, and three is an opportunity for you to block out the hips with the hand, the hip, or block out the hips with your, your hand, hip, or knee, right? Like, that's all Correct. position one, two, and three are. And without, it's doing it without telling them why they're doing it. But once you say, like, as long as you just always block out the hip with the hand, hip, or knee, they're not going to regard, right? Which is why when you pass somebody's guard and you start locking out their body, why, why do you have to block out their hip before you lock on the upper body? To prevent that regard, right? So, like, once they learn that concept of guard passing, everything else should be sort of, like, exploratory. And I think, I think what I'm realizing is we, you don't teach the, the physics of jujitsu because that's not fun. It's more fun to show a move and then later have the realization. Well, it's easier to show the move and just say. Like, well, I'm just thinking like because you just the way you described it is like okay, you're blocking out the hip with either your hip, your knee, or your arm, or your hand, right? Well, that means when I'm doing an escape from side control, from let's say side position to a classic uh, elbow escape style yeah. one, what I'm doing is I'm for a moment in time. I'm creating a window where he cannot get this hip or can't get his, his knee. His hand is hip or his knee in, right? To or block, like in, in this, in this yeah. case, would be the knee. Right. I'm blocking the hip so his knee can't, and I'm moving so he can't follow me. Yeah. Like, I'm not moving him. I'm you're holding moving, him, yep. which is another important move principle. And I remember JB emphasizing this. Don't try to move your opponent. Move around your opponent. Yeah. Move yourself around. That's don't move the rock do. around. Move around or, the rock. Or at the very least, don't try to push someone, but you can frame and hold someone. It's easier to like, like in yeah, this yeah, case, like, yeah. hold someone's hip and move instead of pushing the hip. Right. Pushing someone's way harder. But if you can just hold it, 
you can move and create the space and then get your knee in and then right so like i think if you sort of distill principles like that that make each position work then that's the most effective tool because everything else is just minutia so for for side control do you think the other critical component is blocking the head or pinning the shoulders via the cross face is that because i'm thinking like so my answer is yes to that right like (laughs) (laughs) well what i find depends on what you want to do okay so so explain to me so this is something that i i I, you you mentioned offhandedly and i never at in the moment because i think we're on the mat got a chance to uh to quiz you on or to ask you to go into more detail you said and i'm paraphrasing here you speaking to me you guys have learned the new school way of getting out of side control which is keeping the bicep off the face yes whereas i'm all about framing and get and And shrimping shrimping, yeah yeah i've had a lot less success with because of the new style of controlling the cross face i've had a lot less success because of the more more emphasis on controlling the cross face but i think because and you've talked about this too is when you went to globetrotters like we have a different pressure style in side control than yes. a lot of other jujitsu schools like like the first okay it, you can ask paul about this it's really interesting we we learn positions one two and three right like i don't think people learn to that granularity as a white belt really at other schools i don't they, think. they don't exactly at other schools I don't the, what they learn as side control is this bullshit right and, and i don't do it anymore what bullshit so it's Give what they'll the do bullshit. is like so <laughs> like you're on your back i have what we call position one two and three so head side arm i'm cupping uh with a cross face and then you have an underhook on the far side. And I have the underhook on the far side, yeah. right? So position two. Position would that be two? Our, that, that would be our position our two. Our position two, okay. So the, the first side control you learn in traditional jiu-jitsu is I actually have my armpit over your head and my hand is blocking out your hip. So it's like a position four for us. Really? But you're, but you're, they're definitely never going to regard, right? Because that's the best way of controlling the thing. But their hand is free. It's, it's, it's sort of isolated. I can turn on my side. You can turn on your side. Right? And I can, fr- I can push away with... You can, yeah. So, like, because the, heuristically, that's what they're working against, that, fr- like, shrimping works well. Oh, right? they're, they're, they're countering the old school escape. Yes. So, like, that's why I still shrimp first, regardless of the situation. But either way, so that's, that's all. So, me. describe the old school escape. What's the old school escape? Um because we, we do we do the quote i guess it's the elbow escape we call it the elbow escape it's definitely an elbow escape you're bringing your knee to your elbow right? yeah like is that was that the old school escape as well not as so the old school escape would be sort of more shrimping and appealing to like half guard interesting and interesting okay i mean and mind you that that's just what i learned yeah yeah, there's not like but i think there's some validity to what you're saying which is that i think i'm fairly confident that this school is above average when it comes to teaching people top control maintaining top side yeah absolutely i i I can tell you that with 100 percent confidence because when i was teaching at winter springs actually we had just it just so happened that we were I was teaching fundamental whites and um, 
for a month straight all we did was fucking execute position one two and three and we had some guest students come by and we're just rolling just rolling rolling and like every single one of my students at the time was like god damn like they were so frustrated when we got on top because they were not getting out from like top side control you know? so as a result it's a I good system as a result i think we've then developed slightly more sophisticated ways to get out from side bottom exactly, because, because we've had good to, looks right? of that yeah and that's sort of like the day thing too really like he talks about like and i and i think a lot of um older school jujitsu's are sort of predicating their systems based on jujitsu versus not jujitsu versus like i think we have a little bit more of a you know danner talks about like I want to teach you the tools to be able to execute against high level opponents of high athleticism, right? Like Correct. this may, you know, like, and that's, he, he says that almost every single oh, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and that's where like, I think the new level. school yeah, <laughs> with breaking pressure, um, <laughs> but like you want to get to that point where it is, it is, I mean, it's, it's jujitsu versus jujitsu, you know, and we, I don't want to get back to that debate. Like, is it? Does that mean it's better jujitsu and and that sort of thing? And does it lose the well, intention of <coughs> MMA jujitsu? Well, blah, I just want to you know? I just want to kind of bring up something that I had, I think I had mentioned offhandedly when I was talking about my experience in the BJJ Globetrotters camp, which is, you know, I, I don't have any perspective on what the level of that was relative to. I think if you're paying money to go to things like that, that that's it's my people thing, who are. It's like the, the school that you described, right? Like. It's people who pay are paying to be there, so therefore they're already like more obviously financially invested in it. Obviously, more I would like to think more emotionally invested. Absolutely. In it. So like they're more passionate about I, it. You know, they but want I don't do. know if those guys. You know, I would say you might be able to go into Atos, and the median level of your blue belts, purple belts, brown belts is going to be still oh, significantly higher, higher. You than, know, yeah. But I think if you just go into a gym, your average gym where there's a mix of levels and a mix of competitive versus recreational practitioners. Right. What we saw at the globe trotters camp was probably above that at each of the belt levels, just because the people willing to sp- spend money and travel to a camp are probably going to be it's, better than average for their the belt. Level, it's my right? vitamin th- or it's my extra credit theory. Exactly. Right? Or high levels. But my, high my thing was what I experienced was a lot of people. I was like, I was surprised at how few people, played a smashy game where everybody i roll with here it's a it's, it's like a, i roll with hector i roll with troy i roll with mike i roll with these it's they want to get they want to pass my guard and get me into side half or si- side t- control t- top half or top, top half, side yeah you know top side and then either mount or work or work from there yeah you know and these guys were i, I experienced a lot more leg drags from people a lot more back attacks from people. Agility-based passing. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there are more people that wanted to attack back than pin. And and that's just and, it and too, that's right? why like, I said the rules where I where I overperformed or uh, uh, I, yeah I outperformed or, or I over whatever the you word. did better. I, yeah, I did better than you, better. you know I did. Oh no 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 not it's not that I won or it was on top, but the ones where I. I, I exceeded expectations, so to speak. Was I went with brown belts? I even went with a black belt, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm well, not you're, trying you're to do it, but, the but thing. No, I'm, I'm doing just the thing. Sorry, yeah, fuck. I, I'm, so I'll just go with it. But I went with these, you know, people who are a higher hulk, level than you. Some big hulking guys that have more experience on the mats than me. 
but their games were the games that I'm used to seeing. So I was able to keep them off and, yeah, and I got the right. comments like, wow, your frames are really good. I, I, I couldn't get by those frames, that kind of comment. Where right, because, because people, the people that they're playing against try to regard the way I do, which is like they're and, just getting smashed. And then I'm going with people that are like barambolowing me and doing all this stuff yeah. that I don't see as much, you know. Or and they're doing things where, like I said, the warning signs in my head didn't go off and then right, suddenly right. I'm getting tapped. So definitely, uh, just to reiterate, uh, if you're in Orlando and you want to learn top side and pressure and control from and there like, this is a pretty good and place I think to do it that's because like paul does approach it from a fighting standpoint too well isn't that the whole oh, like carlson, carlson yeah, lebo versus the self-defense versus fighting and like that yeah i mean i'd, I'd have to go reread the greasy lineage. way that that <laughs> fucking word um <laughs> but like but just just from a paul standpoint like he's an he was an MMA fighter first, jiu-jitsu player second. 100%. And like generally accepted for fighting, you don't want to be on your back, right? Like just generally accepted. Oh, absolutely. So it's just gravity, right? Um, it's a place of last resort and you should know how to work off of there to escape it, but you know, it's not a place you want to be. And I think that Paul's just really, really refined his ability to, and, and in doing so, his students' ability to get to top position, maintain top position, right? Because like you, gravity works a whole lot better in your favor when you're hitting. That's like the first thing down. I feel like if you talk about like a system, that's the first system he teaches and he doesn't even call it a system, but it is, you know, What's because that? again, I remember. So remember when I was, I, I started watching the, uh, I think it was the first series. The first fundamental series from, from Danaher was pin escapes. Pin escapes. Yeah. And I watched it and I was like, this is rudimentary. Like I, I, was, I was unimpressed right. because what he was talking about, not that what he was saying was wrong, but a lot of the content was stuff that Paul like right away moved beyond, which is escapes. All the escapes worked if the pinner, the person on top remained static. And Paul, right away when he teaches side control escapes, talks about if you start to do this, the guy on top's going to sit on his hip to block you. Then you can do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's already... And it becomes that game of like you cycle through these three different things. Correct. That, you know, until you can fucking until, find your way If out. you're on bottom, you get the frame or if the guy on top can... Can mount position <laughs> like, yeah. Well, mount you or, or get a, you know... Um, take your arms away from you and you know i find that that's what i've been doing uh the few times that i'm on top when i when i get to work top because i'm still primarily playing more bottom just as a result of my skill level is uh trying to insert my not the 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 knee that's covering the opponent's hip but the other knee that's near the opponent's head getting opening that arm Mm. because they want to keep that arm tucked in order to help to escape and finding ways to wedge my wedge of a knee and thigh into that armpit to, to position three no one no no position two. Oh, oh yeah to separate out so you're so your yeah. belly down to, yeah. to lift to basically lift get his the elbow closer the to near me, side yeah the near, near side elbow, elbow separated from his torso right. and opening it up because the more you can open up the the less chance he has to escape yeah, yeah. structurally and he's not as strong so i'm like and 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 what's cool is i did a roll 
I was struggling to do that. I was, I kept trying to, you know, do, just do it with my legs instead of reaching because you don't want to reach with your hand. Right. Because then they can get a frame on that arm. And I'll be damned. Paul pulled me aside. He's like, you know, if you're trying to do this, what you want to do is, and he started explaining the subtleties of how to open the arm, the near side arm of the guy on bottom as the top player without using your hand and doing it by pushing their hips away from you. So pushing you your hips away. Space, yeah. And then you get it in and that allows you then to go now instead of shoulder on their face, now it becomes sternum on their face and they get more and more and you get higher and higher and higher. Their yeah. arms open up more and more and they're in more and more shitty situations, which as people that roll with Paul, depending on the mood he's in, that's something that he might yeah, do. Yeah, shoulder in the face. <laughs> you know? Shoulder of justice versus chest of so, justice. Okay, so now my, 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 my question is, you say that jujitsu is an extension of one's personality. That being said, a lot of people exhibit attributes as being good pinners here, you know, as a result of that's not that Paul teaches a limited style. It's just, that's one thing he's very knowledgeable in, and that's what a lot of people are good at. So we end up, that's something the school just happens to be good at. Yeah. How come you are the antithesis of that? Because I I've s- only seen you smash once and it was on like a, when it was like, uh, actually it was with me. You smashed me on my, when I was, when I was rolling, uh, f- to get my blue belt. Um, I was being shark tanked. And then all of a sudden you, you, you sweat. Because bear in mind, I was also away from Paul for five and a half years. Okay. So would you say your formative years were not with Paul then? My. Who would you say was like, who, who's been your biggest influence on you? And um, you can say Paul. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know. But I mean, like I, I try to give credit where it's due. Um, ultra affirmative, formative years, definitely Paul, like okay. white, white belt, like the very, very actually short amount of time I spent with Paul as a white belt at Gracie Baja. Um, uh, cause Paul, I mean, if you think about Paul, granted he's been a black belt more now than he's been a colored belt. But if you look at his journey from white to black, Laborio came in very when late. he was a brown belt. Very, very late. He, he, it's not uncommon that you'll hear Par say, you know, you know, you know, Marcio used to have us do this or, oh, yeah. you know, Marcio is pretty I mean, good at he this. He does talk you know? about like, oh yeah, he talks about Grace Ball. You know, like so the, the a lot of, uh, so he, he's an interesting hybrid of Marcio's philosophy, which I don't know, but obviously, but I think, obviously so here's the thing is because Marcio's philosophy is also predicated on early jujitsu. Keep in mind, like he, he, he'd only been Gracie Baja affiliated shortly after I even started there. When you say he was, you're talking about Marcio. Paul. Oh, Marcio. Marcio only became Gracie Baja affiliated after I started. Didn't he found Gracie, Gracie Baja? No, no, no. Marcio Simas? No, yeah. no, no. You're talking, about, you're talking about Carlos Gracie Jr. Oh, okay. Well, then what did Marcio do though? Was it Marcio like... Marcio was the first to do jujitsu in Orlando. Oh, Okay. He was like a taxi driver or something and like started like this sort of like fight club in jiu-jitsu school. Okay. So it was Marcio Simas jiu-jitsu first, Gracie Baja, Marcio Simas second. Gotcha. That actually started, I started in 05. So like he was probably, he probably and, started and Gracie And Paul Baja. was teaching as an instructor in Marcio's. Yes. And that's why you're saying in those ultra formative years of white and blue, I, he was he, he was there. I that's why I, I say I'm a Paul Rodriguez blue belt. Gotcha. Um, God dang, you were blue belt for a while too. I was. A, I was. A, a, he held a, you a, back, bro. Actually, I got my blue belt from them. 
from Marcion. Uh, he had he had left. No, I've, I saw your I saw your I saw your belt checker. You're on yeah, belt yeah. checker, Christopher yeah, yeah. Vu. If you want to see it on or he Chris was, Vu on belt, so he, it's you got your blue from Marcio, mm-hmm. my purple from Jose, and then then it was Jose Figueroa was purple and and brown and brown. But Paul was kind of involved with that too because I was kind of tra- cross him too. And then black was and obviously Paul. yeah yeah. So like, but like I would say, so and that's it. And it's no criticism against Jose, right? Like he's he's. I, I, I say that he's been my coach for a long time too, but like, well, wasn't he promoted by Paul or was he promoted by Marcy? He was, he was, he got his blue belt. Through. When you were, tra- okay, hang on. Okay. One sec. When you were training under Jose, yes. was he a black belt? Or was he a brown belt or something? Both. Okay. Who promoted him to, to black? Laborio. Laborio. Yes. Okay. Um, so like, because, and, and it, it's it's a strength of Jose. It's also a terrible weakness of Jose, is that he's 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 one of the most badass people in Orlando, with just terrible luck, and also so he's attribute based. <laughs> You're saying he's like very no, but he's good too. I mean, don't, I mean, good technique wise and stuff oh, too, okay. right? Like, but but his jujitsu is very very strongly based on Paul, right? Because like black belt aside, Paul was the one who brought him up. Gotcha. Right. So like lineage if you want to play that game like you know purple and brown i got by way of jose but realistically i got by way of paul so developmental wise like i i and, and admittedly i i a lot of my jujitsu journey has also been just straight independent learning because keep in mind like i spent however long training like going back to jose a strength and a weakness of his is that one thing he's got, he's got no ego He's and one thing that when we all started, um, when they branched off and started Orlando Longwood, then I ended up with Longwood. Like Jose, I don't think he ever saw us as his students. He always like, as far as he was concerned, like guys like me, Cole, Bert, you know, um, Drennan, Devin. He was our coach, but he, I don't think he saw us as his students like he saw us as his peers you know um so like he never the the most coaching i ever actually got out of jose was man you just need to go a little bit more schizo but i would just take class just like you know everybody else and that sort of thing so like curriculum wise i know jose was training with paul on certain days and he would just take that back to longwood basically so like I guess on a secondhand level, Paul, it Paul is responsible for my development by way of Jose, I guess, because I don't know how much Jose was really learning on his own, you know, but all of all of the other stuff, my like why I rolled differently, is because I think I did because I was so off and on as a blue belt and a purple belt. Um, you did a lot of independent study. I did a whole lot of independent study. Uh, pr- probably too much to be honest it's interesting because that's kind of what JB told me and again a lot of I kind of wish JB was around so I, selfishly I, went, I wish JB was around because he, he's a great grappler and a good dude but also because he told me a lot of stuff that at a time where I was like just developing my jujitsu brain Mm-hmm. Like I was like a, you know, imagine a child that's learning to speak. Like I was just learning to speak, and he was telling me stuff that 
kind of registered, but would probably resonate or make more sense. I'd be able to understand what he's saying. Are you able to think level. back now and appreciate what he was saying then? Oh yeah, and I, I do think he was framing it into at a level that I would that I was understanding. He wasn't yeah. trying to talk above me. Right, right. But one thing he he said offhandedly, and it wasn't I don't think at me. It was just a comment. It was just like once you get to blue belt. He's like, you can teach yourself jujitsu. Yeah, oh yeah. And and he made it sound like, and I and I didn't press him, but I'm kind of curious because I know he trained at a at a under a, a pretty badass dude in Washington D.C. Um, the, at the Beta Academy. You would know. I don't remember the names of these. I I, I just know that's where he trained because. Yeah. Okay, and so he had an instructor that, that pretty badass apparently broke Nikki uh, Nikki Ryan's foot within a steamer lock. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, Nicky Ryan must have been like 13 or something, you know. So he's actually the ultimate, <laughs> the old man bully. Like, I, I mean, that's what I, that's how I understood the story. So this is secondhand. So I don't take this as, as gospel yet. But, but yeah, he just made it sound like once you get to blue belt, you kind of understand jujitsu. I think so. Too. You've kind of quote figured it out, the basic of jujitsu. Now it's like he made it sound like him and a buddy would just look at cool videos and and drill on their own, and that's how he got better. I and I'm looking he, at, I'm looking at, him like. But dude, you're like really good, you know. And that's one thing I can look back now. I would like to roll with him now just to get a better understanding of what he was doing, because I didn't quite understand everything he was doing. I just knew, you know, that, you know, as silly as it likes to say, if if you if you rank the if you want to rank people in the gym, oh one of <laughs> JB them. was at the top of that oh, pecking one order. Of the, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like. Um, so, for a guy to be at that level and make it sound like that was self-discovery self-taught uh, but i think you have to have the mind you know? for that right because like so let me ask you like we we kind of talked about like curriculum wise and like the types of students and whatever it is right like there's like you you kind of describe that college like it's literally like a montessori there's no curriculum correct like something like that's that's literally what that is how do you believe the population as a whole is capable of that no, that's why I was saying that you need the two. You need a, you need the spoon-fed curriculum version to show people how to do things. Sure. And then the people that are self-sufficient, that are self-motivated, that have the capacity to explore on their own, you let One, them... One, I would like to think with enough spoon-feeding with tidbits of concepts that over time the student figures it out on their own. That's my belief. And I think that it, it just depends on at what point do, are they, at what point can you let them out of the nest and they can fly on their own? And what I mean by fly, I don't mean do jujitsu. I mean continue to pursue and develop without I, I, being told like play this guard, then go into this, then. Do I mean that. honestly, like a blue belt. Oh, yeah, that's that, that's a reasonable. I don't. Th I think blue belt. I, I think. I think blue belt by no, then I, I think you have I, a good I, idea of what not to do. Okay, let, let's put it this way. I think I've seen a fair amount of jujitsu now that I've been training two and a half years. Okay, you've seen a lot, and I think that's what you need in order to start to quote fly on your own. Which now comes back to this whole classic thing of. What happens when you become a pelt? You start to develop your own game at Purple Belt and all this stuff. That everybody said in the YouTube videos and this stuff. And maybe there's some that truth to that. But I do think that when you get to blue, you don't know what X guard is. You probably don't know it at our school. 
You don't know what X card is when you, you get to blue. When you not, get to not blue, not as a blue. No, correct. Okay, yeah, all right. You don't. You don't know. You don't know what butterfly guard is. You don't know. You might know a little bit about spider lasso, maybe. You know, but there's a lot of quote advanced guards that you haven't seen yet. I think once you've gone through the cycle of seeing those advanced guards, not mastered them or anything, and you don't even have to do them, but to be exposed to them. That to me is at the point where now you're ready to make a decision because now you've seen a lay of land. You've been, quote, shown the entire gym. You've taken the tour of the entire gym. You've seen all the equipment now. You've seen the the hit room. You've seen yeah. the, the pool. Now you can say, you well, I want to go into this you room. You just recently toured a Crunch Fitness. Yeah, I just, that is was that in my head. That, I, I said I, the I, hit zone because it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> it was in my head. So the I, I used it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. The H double I. <laughs> but that's my point. It's like that's you funny. need to know what's in the deck before you start farm. I mean, if you want to use them, I don't play Magic the Gathering, but it's like you need to see all the cards before you start creating your deck, or at least most of the cards, because like there's, there's always there's a lot of minutia, right? Yeah, like like sure. it's sort of intermediary. And guards. you can and, and I'll be damned, dude. I find these very like I've never heard of these guards before on they're, YouTube. They're just like and the I'm Falcon like, these guard. Work? The Falcon Guard is really just like a closed guard. Right? <laughs> like the you Clamp know? Guard is really just like a half Or guard. you can find, you know, 12 move, like, yeah, do this, and it takes 12 moves, and you got them. It's like, great. That's like, not a guard. That's a sequence. Yeah. Though, no, right? no, no, like, no, no. I'm not talking about a guard, but I'm just talking about like a move that takes 12. Yeah, 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 to, yeah. A 12-step move. It's like the chance of you hitting that against a, a good opponent super low, you know? That's man, why man, man. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm starting to like just watch competition footage to see... <laughs> To That's, see what works. Yeah. And again, I think I said it last week. Well, last week we did not release that to the public. because At some point we hurt. will. It'd be fun. It'd be like a good B-side. I mentioned the word really bad. I mean, like, it's, <laughs> it's really bad. Um, is fucking Hodger. Hodger Gracie is, is the fundamental He's the curriculum. Occam's Razor. You could show that. You could show that to a, a recently promoted blue belt and they would understand most of what he's doing. So that's an interesting thing, right? Because they would wonder how come he can do it and I can't, but they would at least recognize what he's doing. Whereas if you watch the Meow Brothers grapple, you're not, a, a recently done blue belt is not going to understand what the fuck's going on. Like no. what are they grabbing? Where are they, what's going, wait, the lapel's going under his leg now. So a big part of it is, I, I think is, is extremely attribute based because Hodger Gracie, despite not looking like a hulking, like, Luis Barbosa, whatever it is, but he's he's like six eight or something, isn't he? He's, he's huge. He's six four. He's six four. Either way, he's he's a big dude. Oh yeah, right. He's he's refined it so much that like you can't stop what he's doing. But but okay, my question to you is, if the meows chose to play the same against people of equal size in their weight class, do you think it would work? Because to me, by definition, a fundamental is something that everybody should be familiar with and able to do regardless of size, whatever the case is. I didn't understand the question about the meows. Say that again. If the meows tried to execute what... I think they can execute what they what Hodger does against people of their own weight class. I think they would be successful at it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So what do you think the difference is like? Um, I don't think they have the experience that Hodger... They have a lot of experience on the mask, but they've developed other skills. I think Hodger has made... 
like he's taken the fundamental curriculum and he has sharpened those blades yes to absolute perfection and i think the meow brothers have spent the same amount of time honing different weapons so if you're saying if you suddenly gave them the ability of Hodger, but I, only their physical attributes, then I agree with you. But I think the fact that Hodger not only has physical attributes that probably scale well at his size and also scale well against opponents that can't okay, make so let's, small... Let's, like, he doesn't have to deal with small-ass dudes with short legs shrimping under him. But they do... Uh, Although he beat... A comparable he beat size. Uh, there's a, a match between him and Marcelo I watched, <laughs> and it just looked like... He was just too big and strong. You're right, right. And Marcelo looked impressive. And Marcelo was doing all this cool shit, but at the end of the day, Hodger could just kind of lock down, <laughs> right? But that's just it, right? But because of, I would like to think that because his game is so, and we use fundamentals a lot, so fundamentally sound, I like to think that if the Meows chose to execute like that, because what does he do? He does some sort of like Seonagi. Or some sort of like an Uchimata or something, right? To a trick. Or he pulls half. Or he pulls, or pulls close guard. Rather. Pulls close guard. He literally sweeps him with like a hip bump sweep. <laughs> right? I mean, it helps that he has super long legs. And then he either mounts them and like collar chokes them or rolls them up on their side, takes their back, chokes them out that way. Usually most of the matches I've seen, it's, it's mount to cross choke. Right? So like, I like to think that if the Meows chose to do that, they could. Because I don't, I'm not sure that the guys who are in Hodger's division are. I mean, I see. I saw him just completely. He made Lovato look like me under Paul. Right. Like he went Rafael Lovato, who's not a small who's dude. He's a world champion. Yeah, not a small dude, and this guy was pinned and just. And because just slowly so drowning. I, so, like, looking at it from a percentage standpoint, how much of that was just perfect structure, and how much of that was I'm using strength in addition to that? Like, like he, he was out muscling Lovato. I don't think anyone's claimed that Hodger Gracie is is physically at another level. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know, you know how people talk about Nicky Rod being his, yeah, this yeah. physical specimen. Sure. I mean, he's the classic. The guy's strong. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. you know the low key, like the the, the low key insult, the humble, the the yeah, the low key insult. You know, yeah. where it's like you don't say the guy's technical. Like technical is like the the compliment. Oh, that person's super technical. But and, I, oh, mean, wow, I, I don't know. Strong. I mean, like so, like how what percentage? Do you think it's a solid fifty fifty? Like it's technical ability, game plan, physical attributes. I'm not qualified to answer that. question. I'm just I'm, I'm asking. You know, like. In Hodger's case or just in any case? In, in Hodger's case. We're, we're speaking specifically about Hodger. In Hodger's is it because his game plan is so good and, the t- and what he chooses to do is so Well, I, so I, have, to think that, I have to think that, that one thing that probably doesn't get recognition is the fact that he has to be, even though you don't see him play X-Guard or any other thing besides close guard, that he has knowledge of those guards because he can defend against them. Yeah, he's right? good anti that. Exactly. So I think... And defense is always easy to learn offense. So, although I guess the one guy that gives him trouble was what, Xander... Shanji? No, Xander Ribeiro. Yeah, Shan... Sh- how how oh, do you man. say it? How do you say it? Shanji. Shanji? Who is, incidentally, Lovato's coach. 
Correct. His brother. Yeah, the guy who's I haven't had my half guard pass for 12 years. The last guy who passed my half guard. That was such a reason. I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I wasn't a fan. Like I, I was like, oh, I know this guy has a good half guard. So like, there was like a seminar on YouTube, free seminar. One hour, I swear to God, it was all him having students try to pass his half guard and him saying, see, my half guard works. And I never really got any like, I didn't see any instruction. It was just like... <laughs> It was like, it's some, <laughs> hey, you, you come here, you come. You see, I do my frame, I replace. Done, boom. Super Brazilian, you know, almost like, you know, that it made me think of that, that thing you talked about and I saw it with the, with the role documentary where yeah. they talked about the, the Brazilian, the early Brazilians in Southern Cal, you had to take privates. Yeah. And it seems like, it felt like it was, he was getting, he was cut from that grain of, oh, of course, he's like, a- of like, I'm going to just show you, I'm going to show you a sampling but if you actually want to learn, come take a private, you know, with me. <laughs> and I don't know the guy. I really have no business, you know, saying that. It seemed that way. <laughs> and mind you, I, this, this, that's purely my speculation. And hey, I'm all about the, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, the new school open source. Like I like the old school, I like old school techniques, but I like the new school mentality of, like you said, open source. I didn't say that. Did I say that? You said open source. Yeah. Oh, was I really? open source jujitsu? Yeah, I'm, I'm very where everyone you know, where every, the instruction about Lachlan succeeds at ADCC using what now is most people call um, advanced fifty fifty or not pre- advanced. What's it called? Oh, I've already forgotten the name, but there's a name for it. But for this entry, you know, where he's entering from the outside mm. into fifty fifty, and. What's the first thing he does? He does an instructional and goes over it in depth. So imagine that 15 that years never ago. never have taken place. Like you, you win with this technique and then you go out and tell everybody what you're doing. <laughs> you know? I think that's by design. I th- I, okay, so first off, I don't think that Lachlan's doing it out of Backside the Backside 50-50. That's the, that's oh, the, that's the, that, that's yeah, the term. The, that, where that's the term I've, been, I've seen being used a lot for that. Backside 50-50. The... Interesting concept. You know why Lachlan likes attacking he's quote, a PT. backsides 50-50? Because he's a PT and it's probably some more mechanically safe way to do it. Because he thinks he's, he doesn't like entries. Classical entries into leg locks involve getting the inside position, which is sacrificing a lot of position, especially Potential against big guys. Yeah, I can see that. If you mess up, you're in a, you're in you're, a, bad, you're you're in a bad way. Yeah, like it's t- so, you're, you're, and this like is something he said, right? like the meows have been doing this for a while because meows play 50-50 in, in IBJJF. They obviously can't heel hook, but they, oh. they have creative ways to get into 50-50 without, and passing from 50-50. Meows like to go into 50-50 and use that. Obviously not to attack heel hooks, but to take advantage of the position. And they do that in gi. And I'm sure no gi. And backside 50 50 is an entry into 50 50 that doesn't involve inside leg position you first go from the outside and then you get you bring the inside leg in at, at the very end hmm. that's an interesting reverse so it allows him to not get stuck under you know the classic is you go some sort of butterfly you're elevating yeah. you get into that was that was the quote meta if we want to use gaming, you know, analogies, the Which meta actually, was that's kind of attribute based, right? With because saddle, with entries into saddle. How do we get into saddle? Well, before that, I guess it was, but I don't know. I know more recently it was like get into saddle, 
What are some saddle entries? Oh, reverse X. You get under them. Yeah, yeah. Reverse X. You get into saddle. Boom. But that's under and, and having to elevate. And there's some risk to that. If you try to do that and you fail, now you're flattened yeah, out. You're yeah. in shit street. This is, you can basically play guard from maintain distance. You don't have to get under the person so much. You do go inverted a lot. But you're going inverted with your legs right. still between you and the opponent. You're not under. The, you're not potentially getting smashed. I mm. mean, I've tried to. I've tried to do stuff with Mike Sahibi, right? And if he smashes me out, it's fucking miserable. Yeah, it's terrible. You know, I'm like, well, great. Now I've given up a cross face. I'm now I'm going to get mounted. Like I'm going to have to tur- turtle, and now deal with back exposure and him getting hooks in, and it's just miserable. You know. Whereas this, that never happens. You're playing guard, and you're you're working with whatever leg you want to attack what kind of guard though um so lachlan plays k guard okay which for those of you don't know it's basically it's like kind of like imagine you take a scissors you're basically you know what you know when you do an uh, you do an elbow escape yeah he's basically kind of doing that with his knee he's inverting his knee and trying to clamp you, uh, around your leg with with both with both uh kind of like how people from half guard try to go for a knee bar you hook the other the free leg of your opponent and you you connect your hands yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. it's that grip plus an inverted knee just imagine a dude just fucking inverting in front of you like a maniac constantly just kind of like hey you know like you're kind of on yeah. your knees or standing up and he just keeps kind of inverting in front of you and inverting back and forth kind of looking for uh, maybe like a um, an Imanari kind yeah, of thing, or or a verse Della Hiva entry, but instead he's not going under your legs. He's now chopping. I, I've been spending way too much time talking about this. Half everybody's asleep now. The um, plus I have the benefit of actually moving my legs in front of Chris and kind of showing him where people listening are like, what the fuck? Hmm. So going back to open source about that, like why do you think he's comfortable? Lachlan, that is? Yeah. Sharing that. Because I think he has the mindset of, you know, there's no secret techniques anymore. You know? It's not like, you know, you train with this camp and there's something they do well and the only time you get... First of all, I think it's also impossible. Like 15... We didn't have the internet. Like think about the in the 90s when, when Hoist was doing his thing. Or even before that, Hicks in the, what, the 80s? Yeah, you know, like all those closed like door. The, at best, you would go to a tournament, you'd see someone once, and maybe you're lucky you videotaped them while you're doing it, and then you try to reverse engineer it. Yeah, like the, the barriers to entry were considerably now, higher. Now, everyone has a fucking camera. F- like, everything's being recorded at the tournament level and being streamed. So you can watch again and again high-level guys hitting their, quote, A game. So whether the, what I think guys are, what jujitsu instructors are saying and jujitsu athletes are saying, because it's not as though they're making tons of money as it is. I can either let people reverse engineer it and possibly teach it themselves, or I can just get ahead of it and teach it myself and people pay me money to learn from it. It's a very consumer based, uh, I also think Lachlan sitting there is like, I'm not going to be able to do this next year. 
Maybe, right, people will maybe, figure it out, right? You know, I'm sure there might be a little bit like if they, there's something that they're like, I don't think people do that. Maybe they won't, they'll save that for that quote big tournament. But once it's done, it's out. So that's an interesting thing, right? Like I've always wondered this about competitors because I don't compete, so I, I can't speak for it. But like something like, it always struck me as interesting. Have, uh, you're familiar with BJJ Scout now, right? Yeah. Like I don't know who runs it, but I'm no, no, it's it. it's like a secret. I don't I don't know either. Like, oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah. A it's like a, it's a big thing. Like nobody knows who BJJ really? Scott is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. It's a crazy like yeah. It's it's cool. Um, <laughs> there were like there were there are people who were like oh maybe it's John Denner because you notice he never breaks down Gordon Ryan stuff. You know he only broke that. No, it, it was crazy. Some people thought it was Faraz a hobby for a little bit. It was it's this crazy oh, this fun thing. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's really fun. But like he does amazing breakdowns, right? I don't know. It might be a she. Who knows? But like. Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, who? Um, that would actually be super hilarious. That would be awesome. <laughs> like, he talks about, like, building his brand, and he already has. Um, but, like, he... So, he does these, like... For example, something like the Dominic Cruz study. Like, his footwork studies. The footwork, yeah. Um, he did those... The Ben Askren, like, wrestling meta studies. The Damian Maya, like, guard passing studies and stuff. Like, why aren't... You know... Like, if I were somebody who's competing against, like, Damian Maya... I would watch the shit out of those. Well, do you think? Do you think they don't? I don't think they do. Oh, I don't know. That that's a strong. That's a strong case. To I, make. Don't, I, I don't think, think they, they do, do, man. Like you know, and I, I don't know. It's it's just a. There's a cool uh, uh, Instagram account that I follow now that I recommend called uh, Blue Belt Breakdown. Hmm. And. Okay they break down in a minute to two minutes a sequence and it's really well done and it's not just for blue are they like the choke lab ones like those are pretty good i don't know if i'm familiar with that it's blue belt underscore breakdown and it'll be maybe like an eight minute or excuse me eight minute it'll be like an eight second clip of a move yeah that he just breaks down and draws arrows and person does it so it's cool it's like so it's like bdj scout light exactly but it's yeah. like very bite-sized concise and i think digestible. It's, it's you know I, I don't know why it says blue belt breakdown maybe i'll understand when i'm not a blue belt but for me it seems like is it i feel like a guy who just got their blue belt might not understand what the guy's talking about like i think he's talking at a pretty sophisticated level hmm. and he's showing pretty cool stuff maybe just a really early he's like i want to score this yeah i want to score this handle before anybody else or i want to or i want to set the expectations low by saying it's blue belt breakdown, and then when I do a brown belt level breakdown, people will be like, "Well, oh, Whoa, okay. you yeah. know, I don't even know if the guy. I don't even know if the guy is a blue belt that's breaking it down." But the um, um so that's uh, you you had talked earlier about um the UFC two fifty that's coming yes. up. Yes, I actually Amanda don't even Nunez, know. Felicia Spencer. Oh yeah, yeah. So what do you what do you I Felicia Spencer is a local girl. She's from, from the, the jungle, jungle. Yeah, you know, former business partner of Paul's. Um, I actually don't know enough about her to. I mean, her interpret. claim to fame is. is she, are she, they the headliner? Yeah, really. Main event. So the, her claim to fame is that she fought Cyborg in the UFC, and didn't get annihilated. Yeah, yeah. She they went the distance. It, did she? I don't, I'd have to and then I think. And then I think. One after that. Then I think Cyborg went to Bellator. <laughs> no, no, no. Cyborg lost to Amanda Nunez. Oh, again, and yeah, then yeah, went yeah. to then to, went to Bellator. So again, what do you mean? They fought twice. Cyborgs fought Amanda Nunez twice. I thought. I thought. I thought she. He. I thought Cyborg fought Felicia Spencer after. 
I thought Cyborg had a fight after Amanda Nunes. I thought I thought Cyborg was fighting Felicia Spencer for Jamie. The title. Can you pull that up on the on the screen here? Let's Jamie pull that up. So now we're all checking our phones here. Yeah, let me because I'm I'm. So I'm just going to look at Cyborg's record because... Okay, you're right. Cyborg beat Amanda Nunez, or lost to Amanda Nunez, and then fought Felicia Spencer, okay. lost and then her. And that's why she won, and then she left the UFC. They were like, fuck you, and... Well, yeah, not yeah, that, yeah. But there's like comp- there was a contractual lot of like, you know, dispute. Yeah, you're not... Anyway, so she didn't... Most people got destroyed, so that and was... And she, she outlasted them. Yeah, so or, yeah. the I think the impressive victory she... The most impressive one she has is she beat Megan Anderson. Oh, was, the the Australian girl. That's yeah, like she's people. Australian or New Zealand. I forget. I'm doing the thing. Yeah, well, it's a big deal to them. So I know, I know. She's from the, she's a uh, from down under. Don't hate me, Alistair. I'm sorry. So, uh, so she beat her. Yeah, like handily, like. And then she had another one. You no, know, rear naked choke. Yeah, yeah, like. Then she had another win. Uh, so and also is like from my she's also a very incredibly nice, wonderful person too. Who? Like uh, Felicia Spencer. She teaches kids jujitsu at the yeah, jungle. exactly. Like that's and and karate too. Like she she does like. The the so. karate classes. So it's cool. Set, it's so. cool to see. Uh, I, I watched the countdown to UFC 250, which, which is which is really it's kind of a shame that like 250 is such a milestone. You would, and it's not going to uh, be promoted as a milestone because of the fact that there's no crowd. You know what I mean? So um, it's always cool to see a, a local fighter. Yeah. In the spotlight, especially in the main event. Who else is fighting the card? I'm wondering. Uh, Cody Gold, uh, Garbrandt, Garbrandt is in the co-main event against somebody. You know, I, I'm his last loss. Was I mean, good. I like. I'm a big fan of Amanda Nunes, though. I, I, I mean, she's. I mean, not, no, I, well, just. I mean, I just like her attitude, man. Yeah, she's a, she's yeah. there to fight. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's, she's awesome. Professional. Doesn't like, talk shit, dude. She said she wanted to buy her her girlfriend, or I guess now are her, they getting her? I think they're married. They're married now. Yeah. Her partner. Let's just say partner. Her wife. Um, okay, they're married now. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't sure. That's yeah, why I was yeah, saying yeah. partner. Um. She wanted to buy her like boobs, and I was just like, "This is buy her what? Uh, buy her boobs? Like get her breath? Is that really what? Yeah, you, that's yeah I saw that. I was like, dude, I like, like she, she is such like that's a, funny. She's such a, she's so chill. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> and she's a super. She seems like a super nice, a person. super, yeah, 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 super, super respectful, and she's an absolute savage. Oh my god! Like so, yeah. Um, I'm happy that you know a local person is going to be. A headliner, but, yeah. Like that's that's but, all. is it in is it in Vegas? It's in Vegas, I think, in okay. the place so where no they more do. Jacksonville. Oh man, I know it sucks. It's a shame, but it's going to be a, a tall order for her to <laughs> to put a dent. You mean for 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 Felicia? For Felicia yeah, yeah, I was like about for Amanda. Yeah, I mean, not, yeah, it's uh, nothing be against tough. Felicia, but I mean, yeah. Amanda's arguably the the best woman fighter. Yeah, in history. Yeah. So I mean, that's awesome. So the um, so I'm, I'll have to kind of pick your brain for a little bit because i didn't really get a lot of the over under entries and whatnot and heuristics from the past two weeks because i've been inconsistent with jiu-jitsu so i'll have to pick your brain for that before before class i mean the entry part was not we didn't really cover entries the only we, we only did if you were to be in a double under position basically swimming under from close guard okay obviously you can get to that position a lot of i get that a lot when I do, when I'm in deep half, yeah, yeah, and I drop them on their back, and I end up rolling up into it. But there's there's a little about how to properly pin, but pin more the I think and just the, direct their hips and that sort of thing. And it's really not that it's not that hard. They're just two styles. It's like whether you tripod and X pass, 
or do you sprawl and, and windshield and wiper? Just like, which, okay. a, which apparently, I guess, is the more traditional way of and, teaching and, and, it. And ironically, that's the way I taught it the other day around yeah. that one Saturday. So, so that's uh, that was good. And now we're now we're doing the wing sweep, which is uh, that should be fun. Yeah, playing from the bottom. All right, You're like yeah, yay, back in time. So. Right. So yeah, man. It's so you, um, yeah, just a quick too. You you hit three fifteen for three today, was it or was it the other day? Oh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, three fifteen for four for four. That's three right. sets of that. Really? It, that killed my lower back. Oh, that's man. it was brutal. Like I, I think I need to start wearing a weightlifting belt nah, for those man, things. You don't need none of that, huh? You don't need none of that. I don't need that. Nah, man. I don't know. I think it does. Well, maybe it's just a placebo thing. From my understanding, it's just a reminder to. But then again, like if you, so there are two know. things. There are two things. Uh, I knew this before, but I was reminded of how lifting, especially powerlifting movements, are very mental. Oh. And I know that sounds like well, it's just strength, Noah. It's like I was in a groove of of my comfort zone of lifting here, where it's like I knew what the bar was like. I had my chalk. I had my environment. You know what I mean? And yeah. now I was lifting in, you know, a gym that's playing like club music. Having people around, that doesn't bother me. The crowd doesn't. But the bar was different. The bar was was, the was slightly more narrow. Okay. So the diameter of the bar was a, a little less, so I could actually wrap more. Mm. Do you hook grip when you do it? No. Really? But I don't, have, I don't have chalk. I didn't have chalk there. Oh. So I was doing this without chalk, which made it more awkward. And I was dealing with bumper plates. And here we have traditional plates. Yeah. So when you, and for those heavy lifts, I learned to actually drop the weight a little bit. So don't, I always, for the longest time, I was always a lifter that would always place weight down. So there's always strength used on the negative. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't intentionally doing negatives, but I was the I was not letting part. the, la I was not letting the weights go bam. You control the you weight. Know? The weight doesn't control you. Exactly, yeah. you know. Whereas now it's pull, control a little bit, and then once it gets to about your knees or so, you just let it drop, you know, or a little below your knees. I, I still can't bring myself to do that. Well, I think it's good because it saves your energy. Yeah, it doesn't the, put out your CNS. The for thing sure, is, like. is that here I'm used to how the weights land, which is you have metallic weights that just die when they hit it. Tunk, right. Tunk. So then you can pull right away, and it's in a good position to pull. When you drop bumper plates on a rubberized surface, they bounce. Yeah. So you either go with the bounce and now you're pulling with a bounce which is cheating yeah or you have to let it settle and then so you're, now you're doing I'm essentially three singles so right? now but yeah but so the tension I'm used to keeping tension in my body a certain yeah. way with the metal which I can because I'm just dropping it and pulling and I'm still under tension yeah whereas now it's bouncing and I'm actually it's, I can't keep tension on the bar so now I'm back to like so it's weird Plus, it's bouncing, and it's probably getting away from me, so now it's not right next yeah, to my yeah. shin. So there was stuff like that that also got in the way. Hmm. I think more, you know, Paul uses straps. I've never used straps, ever. And if I can't use chalk in there, which I don't think I can. They don't want to use chalk? I didn't ask, but Fuck I didn't see place. anyone with chalk. But I would... I would have to start using straps. I just have to get used to using straps. Well, I mean, so, like, I'm, I was an anti-strap guy. I, I don't lift the straps now just because I'm... Well, I believe if you're not strong enough to grip the bar, you shouldn't be lifting the weight. You know? I but chalk allows... But I think chalk is fair allows because... Allows you to... to at least grip. Maximally use existing strength. Because... I, fuck, man. I sweat like crazy. My palms get sweaty and it's going to be just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just slip city. 
But but then again, like because the you know you're the chain's weakest links, blah blah blah, right? Like your your body very well could be capable of lifting far more with the straps, potentially. Potentially, but actually, I think for and it's less muscle. You're 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 concentrating how you're having to concentrate less strength to gripping that bar, which you can. I don't know. But if I think that's certain, cool like, for Are you able to partition it to other? No, but I think that's cool for jujitsu. Like, just I, people have talked about my grip strength being better. Just and I, that's been doing lifting and mm. being able to support that heavy oh, bar. Oh, I bet. Like, you know? yeah, like, whoom, lock it in, like, baby. So, how was your heavy single day? I actually didn't do it yesterday because I did. You um, did not do it. I well, I did. I did triples. Okay. Because I did. Eight rounds of kickboxing, five rounds of boxing, and then I was then I decided to do uh, triples. So it was it was good. I mean, like I felt good. I uh, I definitely I, I felt strong. I mean, like I could have gone heavier, but I chose not to just because I was covered in sweat in my garage, having done bag work and stuff. And you know, I just I just I got up to probably my last set, which I did. I did. 10 sets of three, 275, 285, 295 with chains. So my last set was, you know, 295 with chains. Three sets of three for that, so. Dude, it's so funny to be back in a traditional gym again. I've It's been years since I've been in a it's traditional terrible, gym. It's 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 a fucking enter- club. It's entertaining. Well, exactly, it's a fucking, it's a fucking club. club. It's man. fucking entertaining. Is it? To see those stereotypes again. Oh yeah, man! Like the like you know, there's the, the Instagram chick there's the well, the Instagram chick. Yeah, the, oh man, I missed yoga pants. I know oh, that sounds terrible. I'm single. You're pig. I'm single, so I can say this. Yoga pants are very flattering, and they look very flattering on the ladies walking in the gym. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. Oh, so oh, is it, yeah. <laughs> so we, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Go, go with your thoughts, <laughs> and we'll we'll wrap the part. But that. there's the the guy that just the guy that takes like ten minutes between sets. Like Yo, he, he gets on the, <laughs> so the, actually crunch fitness has, a, has, I think six or seven uh, Olympic lifting areas, like Olympic lifting platforms, really? which is pretty good. That's very good. Yeah, it's good. It's better than tw- the 24 hour that Paul used to go to. How many do they have? I don't know, but he okay. said that. Not, you know, not that yeah, many. Yeah, not that many. But man, this guy, he spent so much more time sitting on, like he did. We got through an entire workout. He had done two singles. Of what? Of deadlifts. But was he like a mega power lifter? Because like sometimes... He looked like a normal dude that happened to do... Like I I know guys and I I knew them. I see all these guys at college that they look kind of normal, but they're in shape, but they look kind of normal. strong as fuck, right? But they love doing heavy deadlifts. That's like their thing. They just do heavy deadlifts. So there he was. He had his belt off the side. So he's sitting on the weights and he's doing what? uh, 405. So he's got four plates on each side. It's all puff, puff, one, done, put it down, and then sitting on his phone for another 10 minutes. Like Wait. literally 10 minutes? Oh, dude, it was a while, man. It was a while. And that to me is not a bad, like that's, that's fine. Like that, because I, he's I, doing that's, a single. That's I mean, borderline like that's acceptable, honestly. But the characters, oh my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, like. Dude, there are like, a lot more people there to, to prove, to to. to to, to posture. So many people looking at one another. Like, if I looked up, I, people were making eye contact. I was like, what's going on? It's like, you know, I can understand Maybe why just sure CrossFit gyms and powerlifter gyms are becoming more in style 
because for those people they like that atmosphere this was a club man they were playing it was like the music was like edc you know and fuck that stuff man. and everyone was like it, it, it's i mean it, it's part if hey if you're a single person you want to go see that you know so that's let me I'm, ask you a question so you asked me a question no, I, yeah, I asked you a very profound question. So I asked you a question. I, I, hang on, let me pause. I gotta, I gotta go pee. You now. gotta pee. All right, we I, will I'm pause. Gonna, I'm gonna do we will pause for peeing. All right, we're back. We're relieved. Uh, <laughs> dude, that that, that one twenty eight ounces goes. Whew. That's impressive, That's man. Crucial. Like I do eighty four in a day, and it's sometimes super I'm easy not. to do. So I, I okay, you have a question for me. Before you ask me a question, I I I just it, it's worth stating. I worked out a crunch with Paul. Uh huh. Uh, chest day on Monday international chest day we honored that did some core trained some jujitsu afterwards and I was on such a like endorphin high I'm still riding that really like it's it's training is so much fun like I I hope everyone like does some sort of athletic activity to understand what it feels like to have those endorphins flowing because it's such a it's such a good feeling. Everyone needs their thing. And you, and you don't feel hung over the next day. You know what I mean? It's, it's a good thing. Anyway, your question. So my question was, because you had talked about going to Crunch Fitness. Yeah. And you've heard me say it probably four times just now. That shit's just a fucking club. Like, it's, just, it's, a, it's a meat factory, right? Like, so my question was, and I, 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 I posed this Did originally. I tell you the story of the, uh, did I tell you how the, the salesperson was with me? Was she hot as hell? I mean, she 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 was a, she was a woman and she was pretty. Okay. Um. So yeah, let me tell that story. And then yeah, yeah. And then let me. Yeah. Then so, Paul and myself and Eli go into this, and we're looking for you know we it's like a ninety nine. It actually turns out to be you you pay a dollar and you get ninety days. Really. For a dollar. Yeah, then but then they they bill you. Then they'll bill you the annual fee of like fifty dollars. You can get that waived. Plus, uh, ten bucks a month. And it's for the basic, I imagine, right? For the basic. For the basic. Which is always, it has access to, in terms Really? You have access to lifting platforms on the basic Everything, room? yeah. Really? Yeah. I thought hit, that was like only. No, 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 no. Oh, no. wow. That's okay. if you want to do classes. Oh, group. Oh, yeah. really? So what you don't, and you have access to the sauna in the bathroom as well. What you don't have access to is like hydro massage room. This is not sponsored by Crunch Fitness. No, by not yeah, sponsored yeah. by Crunch Fitness. Um, but anyway, so, they, so she signs so you. So you know, it's a typical thing. Like, okay, guys, let, let let me show you around. So they walked around. Let's sit down at the table, right? Okay, all that stuff. We we did a workout and then we signed up and stuff. They let you work out before you signed up. Yeah, was your trial? Yeah, I mean, she she was like, well, you can do it now. And Eli was like, no, 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 let, let, we're gonna work out first. We're gonna work. It'll be busy later. No, no, we'll work out first. So we worked out. But she definitely, as I, I told Eli, she had the personality of. Uh, like a, of a Hooters waitress in the sense that oh, I could well, yeah. do no wrong as a male I could do no wrong <laughs> right 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 and my roommate who's a woman I told her like like what happened and I was aware of this too because I was like laughing like when she was saying some of this stuff when I repeated this to my roommate she like confirmed that yeah this like so this is the this first this is what thing. they're trying to do yeah, basically right so she made the comment that oh because you have a man bun, you're a more intelligent person. This is claim number one. She said that to you? She said that to me. Oh, like, my God. And I'm like, when did, having a, when did having a fucking ponytail make you a smarter person? So already I was like looking at her like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, at least I thought, because I was wearing my fanny pack. I was like, so I how far were, was her hands in I your thought, pants I, at I was that like, point? are you going to make, I thought you are going to at least make fun of the fact that I'm wearing a fanny pack. 
It's like, no, no, I think fanny packs are, are <laughs> awesome. <laughs> my roommate no, so is like, sexy. that's bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, he's like, no girl like, <laughs> likes a fanny pack. Like that's total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, they're super, u- like, they're super useful. Oh, you're, like, just all, so, you're so confident. I'm looking at her like, that. I'm looking around like, what? Are you like for real? Like, this is so. And then Paul's like, fuck that baby. She's like, you're right. They are. <laughs> like, actually, you know what? You're smarter because you have no hair. Right? Like, is that. And then I said, and then I said, uh, I was like, well, you know why I got this? Because she said, I have like 10 at home. I was like, okay. Fanny packs? Yeah. <laughs> She's the worst salesperson. <laughs> I'm like, what? Why would you lie about things that are blatantly? And then, and then I was like, well, you know, you know, I got this. I was like, I got this because I, I, I went to EDC. Oh, you went to EDC too? And then, that was, yeah, that's like, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, I went to EDC too. <laughs> like, I, I love EDC. Thing. I love that. I, I could have said like you could have said like I could like I like taking shits in backpacks like oh I love doing that too <laughs> like, you know what I mean like it was the, it the, was oh my god so it was hilarious and and look hey some she people, got to sign out and she didn't look I um yeah I'm just gonna you say, signed it, up because the facility was actually it's it's, but, and, and she, it's for and a price you got a good value yeah but I I do feel like she was being a little. Uh, let's just say overly generous with, oh, I do that too, or oh, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah. And my roommate said, yeah, that's bullshit. So that's the thing, right? Like, that's it's it's an interesting sales tactic. And I'm surprised people fall for that, to be honest. But I think like there's a reason why guys go to strip clubs too, right? But like, <laughs> like, you no, know, the stripper likes me, bro. Yeah, like, that stripper really likes right, right. me. The, the we, we had a connection. Yeah, yeah. We had a connection. Like, <laughs> Starlight likes me for who I am. Yeah, the <laughs> that's why she charges me. <laughs> the same as everybody (laughs) 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 they're like wheeling and dealing um but so my question to you and this actually stemmed from as as most of you guys haven't figured out i'm I'm very nerdy when it comes to like a lot of things and and so i always ask the question to my friends prior it's actually convention time now which megacon is not happening for because covid sure um i was like you know so what there's the stereotype of like comic book guy, right? Of like fat, unkempt, what you know, just just the guy from The Simpsons. Yeah. Or there's a there's a South Park episode that also is there really? Th- well, they 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 made fun of uh, they made fun of, but they, it was World of Warcraft and they had the gamer, oh, same yeah. guy, glasses, I mean, slightly balding, so wispy like, beard, are very they chubby. Sort of like, do they already display on sort of like anti-social behaviors and in turn adopt like sort of like a counterculture thing, or is that culture already involved? Like, are those attributes already sort of like ingrained in that culture? And because they get taken interest in comics, they sort of like get lumped. Like they start just like start doing that, right? So I, I it, there's no right answer, obviously. So, so I the that, question you the asked question me. is. For, like let's carry that to the gyms right like obviously you just said it yourself and it's sort of like understood in general a lot of people at the gym are attractive people right attractive fit people are the cases are people at the gym hot because they go to the gym or are they already hot and therefore they end up going to the gym to sort of like show it off and, and you know I mean like I, 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 I'm oversimplifying it, obviously. Well, I think the I think the I think the correct answer is a combination of the two. Right. I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I'm like I said, I'm oversimplifying. I think it, it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know a cyclical like imagine the the recycle logo, right? It's like, but in in this case, I just want two two arrows just in a circle. It's like one reinforces the other. 
but the so, attractive person is probably attractive in part because they're fit. Therefore, they will continue to, to exercise. Yeah. That will reinforce the fitness side with enforcing their attractiveness. And what we mean by attractiveness is, you know, they're probably not going to be over fat. Yeah, not overweight, over fat. Know, right? like, so it, there's, there's to that. But I also think there is there are more vain people because of social media that end up going to the gym to allow themselves to maintain that vanity on social media so they can post their selfies but were they there like so just take away the social media part of that were they there already i'm saying people that if they didn't have a cell phone and an instagram account would not have been there so i think really if you had taken those people and transported them 25 years ago they wouldn't be there Interesting. I so, think there's, I think there's quote peer pressure from social well, media. Well, that's just because there's people the, to participate. That's that's an interesting, um, interesting hypothesis. You you really don't think that they would be in? So you think that the idea of working out and being? Do you watch The Office? I've never seen an episode of The oh, Office. Fuck. There's a funny episode of The Office. And I was someone that didn't like... I would watch a random episode of The Office and I'm like, I don't get this. This is bullshit. You have to watch The Office. Well, there's continuity, You have to watch it from the beginning and then it grows on you. You can ignore the first season. The fourth season is trash. They didn't find their character. They'll admit that that... Well, it's because they were literally like... They were copying the British British, version and the main character, Michael Scott, who's played by um, the four-year-old version, Steve Carell, was unendearing. Like he, like he was not, not, it was not sympathetic. Then the subsequently they made him still nuts, but with a sympathetic slant. So then right. suddenly you could kind of root for him. Anyway, there's an episode where everyone in the office was debating. They literally had like shut things down. Um, who's the, the, the main actress from Million Dollar Baby? Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. Hot she was or on not? the show? Is she hot? Oh, that's the and that was the question. Is she hot? <laughs> and they were, and th- there's a huge debate there. It's pretty funny. <laughs> you know, half the people. And one of the people, like everyone had to pitch their case. And one of them pitched a case. By classic definition of beauty, we talk about symmet- symmetry. So he'd, th- he'd drawn a grid over her like face. Oh, <laughs> you like, know, it's like, she, yeah. look how, you know, what symmetry is. So, I mean, when it comes to like, hey, are people, you know, in the gym, like prettier, like, part of their attractiveness has nothing to do with them lifting or them doing cardio. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm, I'll just, Oh, are you, are you like, I'm a body guy. Are you a, body no, 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 no. I'm, I, I'll just, <laughs> I'll, I'll accept your answer as, but I think a it's a combination of, of the two. I think it's a combination. Of but the two. okay. So like my question is how I also many, think, I think how how a lot of gyms gym? might not be welcoming to people that might want to work it's out. A, it's there's a, a huge barrier that, that, because it seems intimidating, right? Yeah. Like, because there's that that's little, why there's like a that, huge component of like no judgment. A lot of gyms are like, this is the judgment free zone, the no judgment zone because, because, ju- because you know what? Judgment free zones get paid. Right. Like yeah. it's just like this sort of like democratization of jujitsu, right? Like when you take that elitism, I mean, out of we it. talk about bringing a new person onto the mat and how out of sorts they could feel when we just do a warm up. We say, do a forward roll. And they haven't done a forward roll before. Right. And they're like, I, I don't want to feel like an idiot. Well, imagine you imagine not only you don't know how to lift or exercise and you walk into which a gym, is which dangerous. typically, you know, a lot of people just go in there and going to do it themselves. They're not going to employ a personal trainer because they're already going to paying the fee of going to the gym is, is all that they can afford or all they're willing to do, right, or all right. they're willing to commit. 
and they're well, not going to get a personal to, trainer. Or, or all that they know, or all that they think they need. Yeah, to do, right? and, and most people do that. I'll just go, you know, I'll open, you know, I'll, I'll go to the internet. I'll work. So not only are they like not sure about the skill itself, but there's that self consciousness of how I look. Imagine you don't, you know, look great in yoga pants, or you don't look great in a, in a tank top, you know, or you just you're comparing yourself to these people, and you feel. And, 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 and let's be honest, there are plenty of assholes out there that are going to be like, what the fuck is this, you know? This yokel. Who, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is this guy doing here, you and know? That's, and so that's, I think that, I think you're answering my question for me, right? Like, because... Which is why you said, but you, you actually said at the beginning, it's a club. It's a club. Like, it's, going into a, a club. Yeah, it's a dance club. You know? It's a club. Which with, is why, it's, so it's so fucking weird. Whenever Paul goes in there, he gets stopped. Like, people like, oh, I, I, oh that was the other one. She said she had seen him fight in the UFC. I was like... He's. You haven't seen him fight on the UFC. I'm like, did you watch it? Nineteen <laughs> you know, years I ago. I saw you on TV. I said, yeah, I saw you on TV. You know what it is? People think he's Frankie Edgar. <laughs> that's what we we already said that. Like, oh, you think he's Frankie? <laughs> you think he's Frankie Edgar? Like, right? Like, that's what it is. So, I think that's ha- that's happened to him when he's like cornered fighters and like they people, you know. So but, it's uh, yeah. It is what it is. Is this a better podcast than the last one? Way better. I think so too. Way better. Way better. What well, are you gonna? What, what are your goals for today's class? I just want to pick up whatever we're learning. Okay. I, I want to catch up, man. Like, are you planning thing. to? What's your new schedule? Are you going to be training? It's probably either Monday, Monday, Wednesday, or just Monday. Either Monday or Wednesday and Saturday. Plus your Tuesday, Thursday, six. Plus Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah. So that's like I'd really like to get here Monday, so I can know how to teach what's Monday gonna teach or Tuesday, Thursday. Excuse so. For those of you that are listening that are members of our gym, if you train at 6 a.m., 6 a.m. is back online. Back online. Yes, with sir. With Chris, with Tommy, with Kali, with the cast of characters. You theoret- In theory, the most black belts on the mat of any class here at uh, ATT Orlando, the tribe. So I'm just going to enjoy jiu-jitsu, man. Roll and have yeah, some fun. Yeah, today's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be good. Well, Chris... I'll let you go. We got to get ready. And, oh, I will say this. If you listen this far, if you're on our social media, you'll start to see that our brand image is going to be changing. I haven't updated the podcast logo yet, but Instagram has been updated. And we that's part of an exciting kind of rollout we're doing. We're updating our logo. We're doing Big some things. branding. Maybe some merchandising at some point. Ooh, Shopify. Yeah. Or what is that? Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be fun. T-Club, whatever it is. We have another pretty thing pretty in the, big in the yeah, pretty big thing in the works. I don't want to spoil it because I'm a big believer in Just doing let first. Be, let it, let it, yeah, let it happen instead of promising. You know how many times does Paul say he's going to post the schedule? It yeah. happened. It did happen. It happened. Well, you well, know, I the mean, story like, behind you gotta, that. You got to click it, and then you know. Yeah, but you know the story behind that. No, he's okay. Well, I thought he said he was supposed to post it last week, but he he kind of went changed his word on that one, but. He left his laptop at the alehouse Saturday night. Oh no! Which had the new schedule on. <laughs> oh my god! That shit went backed up on something. <laughs> no, he Google got it. I mean, he got it from the he got okay. it from the alehouse, but he got it the following night. Oh okay. Which is why there's a delay in getting that thing posted. Right. But I mean, the so new schedule. It would have Orlando. dot com. Scroll the bottom. It'll download as a PDF. You can download as a PDF. You can also check the Facebook. No, if you click it, it automatically either opens up in a window or downloads. Or downloads PDF. Anyway. Nobody heard this that probably needs that information. That should have been whatever we put out there. But, you know. but yeah, check out the new logo, new schedule, and for yeah, new logo for us, new schedule for the gym, 
and we will catch you on the mats.